The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. This is uh, pretty important, too, folks. We uh, talked about this in the first hour. Oh, by the way, our, our buddy Jack Posobiec will be on to talk about what John McCain was rumored to have said after he cast the deciding vote that killed the Obamacare repeal. You've got H.R. Uh, McMaster, the National Security Advisor, and Secretary Steve Mnuchin talking about the U.S. reaction to the the murder of 10 people by the Venezuelan regime. They are now a dictatorship as the government has seized power, oppressing its people. And uh, they're talking about that at the White House. And then um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders will open the floor to questions. Continually ignored by Nicolas Maduro, who dreams of becoming a dictator. Yesterday's illegitimate elections confirm that Maduro is a dictator who disregards the will of the Venezuelan people. The National Constituent Assembly aspires illegitimately to usurp the constitutional role of democratically elected National Assembly, rewrite the Constitution, and impose an authoritarian regime on the people. As such, it represents a rupture in Venezuela's constitutional and democratic order. It's bad down there, folks. This is uh, this is what all the left-wing buttercups on college campuses. This is what their backward instructors, their agendized instructors won't show them. The dirty underbelly of socialism, where it all leads. I think it's important to point out that Venezuela at one time was the shining jewel down there, one of the wealthiest countries in the region. And it was all frittered away by socialists hungry for power. There is a step the United States can take. We can stop buying their oil. And I'm hoping we do. We need to stop financing. And by the way, they have a particular brand of oil down that way. It's, it's heavy, crude. And not every country can refine it. We can. So their market for that is incredibly limited. And that is the reason why that we have been such a, uh, a stable market for them to get money. I, that, uh, that ought to immediately stop. There, there should be no American purchase of a dictator's product. And that regime can't kill its own people if it can't function it cannot kill its own people if it cannot exist so now uh questions being thrown at secretary mnuchin and hr mcmaster <clears throat> the president has prioritized really his his concern for the venezuelan people and so he's only considering those options which would benefit directly the venezuelan people Thank you very much. Thank you, uh, sir. Uh, how many times has OPEC sanctioned the head of state before? 
And does Maduro have any assets in the U.S.? I can't comment on his assets, and this will be the fourth head of state. In the back. Secretary, you need to call them. Thank you very much. I have two questions, one on the sanctions and another one about the election yesterday. And about the election, uh, I want to know if do you see the election as an attempt by Nicolás Maduro to uh, consolidate power and dismiss election next year? And also, uh, some say, especially the opposition and also uh, the Washington Post editorial board say that uh, the Venezuela regime is on the direction of a, of a coup. It's moving in the direction of a coup. Does the American government fear there is a coup underway in Venezuela? And then the question on sections I asked after. Well, what, what we're seeing in Venezuela is, is not a coup. What we're seeing is the, the brutal oppression of the Venezuelan people. And so it's clear if you contrast the turnout from the opposition re referendum to the very low numbers of the turnout, during this uh, during this 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 farce associated with the Constituent Assembly, I think you see what the true desires of the Venezuelan people are. Okay. Yeah, uh, they're going This, of course, is is incredibly important, folks. But uh, we're kind of waiting for the White House to address what's going on with Scaramucci, and uh, we will get to that as soon as Sarah Huckabee Sanders Sanders steps back up to the podium. But on I think this is this is a perfect a time to bring up the the real world ramifications of socialism. I mean, it sounds. I mean, if you guys look on the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page right now, there is some Buttercup on there, and she is going to town about how wonderful socialism is. Let me see if I can find this. This is uh, on the post about John McCain and about his vote. And you got to scroll down a ways to find it. But, uh, yeah, where is it? When, oh, yes. When you reach the video of the Maverick, and I think, you know what? I might as well, I might as well play the dang thing so you, so you guys can hear this. This was the so-called dramatic moment. Now, before we went to break, I told you, there was no moment like this for military funding. There was no moment like this for uh, mandatory, much-needed reform for the, for the Veterans Administration. But, there, but th there was a moment orchestrated by John McCain and his Democrat friends to kill Republican efforts to get rid of socialism. Think about that. Uh, here is how it played out in front of the world. Sorry. Yes. Thank you. Mr. Peters. All right. John McCain has just moved into frame. And he's standing there after Mr. Peters, and he's standing there during Mr. Peters. And he's standing there with his arm, well, the one arm he can raise, one arm raised. Uh, and if you look at that freeze frame, you can see Elizabeth Warren trying to peek from her vantage point at what John McCain is doing. You see Mitch McConnell with his arms folded. He knows what's coming. Marco Rubio off to the left. All the Republicans who know 
that John McCain is about ready to stab the country in the back. They know what's coming. And he stands there and he waits for the dramatic pause until everybody's looking at him in true John McCain arrogant fashion. And then he pulls the trigger. Audible gasps in the gallery. He stands there, holds his arm up, and then thumbs down. And then walks off. Drops the mic. Now, when we come back, we'll talk to our buddy Jack Posobiec. He says that there was something that John McCain said when he got off the floor to his Democrat friends. We'll tell you what that is coming up on the Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. This is The Chris Salcedo Show. Only on The Blaze Radio Network. This is the Chris Salcedo Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. Hour two is underway. I am Chris Salcedo. I am your host, your liberty-loving Latino. Do not confuse me with loudmouth leftist Latinos out there. I actually love the country. Let's get to our guest, Jack Vasobic. He's a filmmaker and author of the book Citizens for Trump. He's a Republican political operative and a veteran of the United States Navy. Also a, a sci-fi fan, just like your your humble host here. Hey, Jack, welcome back to the Salcedo Show. Hey, Chris, great to be back. I really appreciate being here. But, man, that vote last week, how about it on the Obamacare thing? Well, yeah, I know, and, and it was very disappointing. And the video is up on the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page, and you see the, the arrogance and, and the, the self-import that John McCain has as he struts up to the, toward the dais. And the whole... Uh, Senate stops and is focused on him and he holds up his hand waiting making sure that everybody in the cameras and everybody looks at him and then he just points his thumb down and an audible gasp from the gallery as he knifes once again Republicans in the back and and, and in so doing knifes the country in the back with uh, his vote to keep the socialist model of Obamacare around now you've been hearing through your channels there on Capitol Hill that John McCain had a motivation here. Now, what he says, Jack, is that he's doing this uh, because he wants Democrats to be involved and the Republicans ought not be shutting out his friends on the Democrat side of the aisle. What have you been hearing? I've been hearing the exact opposite. I've, I've been hearing two coming down to that he is doing this to stick the finger in the eye of both Republicans, but the president himself. Uh, there, there was a line, and I, it's a little Machiavellian, but someone actually said he was heard joking later that night, let's see Donald make America great again now, uh, laughing with a bunch of Democrats. He saw them hugging and laughing on the, Senate, on the Senate floor there after the vote. And then afterwards, he also said that he was doing this because Rand Paul actually blocked up the vote for the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Act. That vote was blocked later that morning. Uh, so he was doing this as a way to get back at Rand Paul for blocking that, that military vote. And it's, it's simple, just, just partisanship, you know, not being upset to get his own way, getting very upset and, say, and putting the entire country's health care on his own personal vendetta. 
Do you happen now? Look, because we have to we have to put this out there that these are these are allegations, folks. None of this is proven, and nobody has come forward and put their name on this. Although, Jack, your sources are 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 they are you willing to name names as to which staffer from which political office heard McCain allegedly make these remarks? Uh, I can say that it was a staffer that is located near uh, uh, John McCain's office in the Senate building. I'll say that much. Okay. All right. Well, I, I guess that's that's about all we're going to get now about about the GOP. Uh, it seems clear to many individuals that this party is incapable of governing. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at the GOP. You're looking at Mitch McConnell, and he's supposed to be the Senate Majority Leader, crafting this legislation and pushing it through. Well. Where's him pushing back on John McCain as a Republican and saying, hey, as a member of the party, we've decided to vote for this bill and you're going to go against it anyway. So where is the leadership? You know, this part of this is the reason that Reince Priebus was let go as chief of staff, because his job as the former chair of the GOP was supposed to bring the party in line with the Trump agenda to marry everything together and make it work. And that just hasn't happened. And so now we're seeing the president and rightfully so, I would say, say, you know what? If you guys can't get it done, then I'm going to get it done on my own. Isn't this a mechanism, though, of, of, of a Republican Party that has truly lost its way? I saw Jeff Flake over the weekend on CBS saying that the GOP has lost its way, but he was, he was making allusion to, to President Trump. But it seems that the party itself has allowed so many people into that party under the guise of this, this big tent concept. And nobody agrees on anything uh, because there is no unifying principle in the Republican Party. We I mean, we used to think it was, you know, pro-business, limited government uh, against socialism, but we, we don't see that anymore. You're right. And, and I think that's a fair statement to say that the, the traditional Republican lexicon is different from sort of the Trump coalition, which is, I guess, a little bit more similar to the Reagan coalition. You say a lot of those Reagan Democrats those pro-union types coming in. And so now they're having to find a way to how do you work with that? How do you find legislation that fits that, that, that political space when you have some people that are very ideologically opposed to certain things that people in the Trump coalition may be, go, may be for? Right. Well, yeah. Not, and not only those who happen to be staunch conservatives and leery of, of public employee unions, but also on the flip side of the equation, you got the, McCain, the McCain's, the, the uh, Portman's, the Murkowski's, uh, those individuals who, if they, if they had their druthers, if they didn't have a state that was majority Republicans, they would be Democrats. Oh, absolutely. I mean, at this point, um, I mean, I don't even think John McCain remembers that he's a Democrat anymore, uh, or excuse me, a Republican anymore. See, I can't even keep it straight. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't vote with his own party. I think someone said the line uh, recently, I, I wish I could take credit for it, but they said, I'm starting to think that John McCain voted for Obama in 2008. <laughs> well, he didn't exactly he didn't run a very robust campaign. He was his uh, timid campaign unleashed Barack Obama on this country. Uh, Jack Wasobic, everybody, filmmaker, author of Citizens for Trump. He's a Republican. He's a Navy veteran and a sci fi fan to boot. Sir, always appreciate the time here on the Chris Salcedo show. Thanks for having me on, Chris. Triple eight nine hundred thirty uh, we have some of the uh, this. This was on tape here moments ago from the White House. And this this was Sarah Huckabee Sanders stepping up at the podium. And this is what went on creating jobs. And that's what we're going to do. And that's what we're going to be focused on. Sarah, Sarah. John. Sarah, was it was it a chain of command issue because Scaramucci uh, said that he had a direct line of communication with the president? 
Uh, there's been some speculation that uh, General Kelly may try to tighten up the number of inputs that the president has. So was it something about the chain of command, or did it have anything to do with that interview with Scaramucci you left? Uh, look, the president certainly felt uh, that Anthony's comments were inappropriate for a person in that position. Um, and he didn't want to burden General Kelly uh, also with that line of succession, as I think we've made clear uh, a few times over the course of the last couple of days to several of you individually. But uh, General Kelly has the full authority um, to operate within the White House, when, when and all say, staff will report to him. When you say didn't want to burden him with that line of succession, you mean the chain of command? Yeah. Correct. And if we could just clarify one point about this chain of command. Uh, apparently, Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump have said they look forward to following General Kelly's lead. When it comes to the people who have access to the president, will, will that conduit be narrowed down now? Will everything flow through Kelly, or will some things still flow around the chief of staff's office? As I just said, uh, the president's given full authority to General Kelly, and he'll make those determinations. Okay. So there you have it, Ant. Now, look. None of this. And there's a reason why I waited for this. And I can guarantee you the questioning went on and on, went on and on. There's a couple of questions in there about Russia, about the sanctions package that the president's going to be signing. By the way, Russia expelling 755 American diplomats in retaliation for this sanctions package. He's expected to sign it. It's a little timid for my, for my taste. I, I think it'll take too long to punish Russia for invading an ally militarily. And by the way, it will not result in Russia being forced to give back the land they seized to our allies, the Ukrainians. But uh, it's as far as sanctions go, they seem to be rather robust. And while all that is going on, you've got North Korea that the president has come out and said, I'm done. The House has said, I'm sorry, the uh, House and the Senate both teamed up to include North Korea in these sanctions and Iran in these sanctions. So it's a rather broad-based sanctions package. But Donald Trump saying, quote, we will no longer allow this to continue. And the, the communists over in China calling our president a child. Well, okay, if that's... If that's their answer, respectfully, Mr. President, I'd say it's time to start looking at the Woody Islands. If that's their answer, Mr. President, I think it's about time we start complying with the South Koreans' request. They're already expressing interest in nukes. They want to develop them. Well, we can save them time. We will station nuclear, short-range nuclear missiles uh, in North Korea, uh, manned by American soldiers. Don't want anybody getting too itchy a trigger finger. You know what I mean? And then we will also work with our military bases over in China and we'll deploy nukes there. Hey, if the Chinese want to sit back on their collective rear ends, their communist rear ends and do nothing about the pot-bellied dictator there in North Korea, that's their choice. But if they don't act, we're going to. And it's something they need to be made to understand. And I think if the president decides to go through with deploying missiles and nobody's saying he will yet but if he decides to go through deploying nukes i think that's a game changer talk nancy pelosi next
888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. Listening to the Latino conservative Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, everybody. Telephone number if you want to weigh in is 888-900-3393-888-900-3393. There was it was all the talk over the over the Sunday shows of Donald Trump's alleged threat. He's threatening. Now, what is he threatening? He's threatening to take to stop. CRS payments and these uh, CRS payments are basically payments made up out of thin air by Barack Obama to help individuals defer the cost of their skyrocketing health insurance under his Obamacare marketplaces. I'm making air quotes with my fingers. So these payments were never debated, never voted on by Congress. They were just made up out of thin air by the Obama administration to make Obamacare work administratively. So Trump, since it wasn't passed through legislation, it was passed through executive order, Trump can call it off. And as a matter of uh, fact, a court has sided with Republicans and Donald Trump saying, there is nothing under the law, these payments are illegal. There is nothing under the law that says you should be doing this. So Trump is well within his rights to take it away because the payments themselves are illegal. But the press, the biased press reports it as, oh, he's threatening. He's threatening. You know who else he's threatening? He's threatening Congress. Now, the Chris Salcedo show has made a pretty big deal over the fact that these individuals of both political parties and their staff on Capitol Hill got rather generous, uh, shall we say, compensation to help defray the costs that they all knew would be coming from Obamacare legislation. Twelve grand a year to offset their insurance costs. Paid for by, see the insult is, it's paid for by you. I reference this thing all the way back in 2013 when I did that uh, video on Pat and Stu called Obamacare, the crab sandwich. You guys can look that up. We talked, we we're talking about it way back then. So now here's a uh, counselor to the president, Kellyanne Conway on Fox news Sunday uh, being asked, will the president do these things? Is the president going to cut off the CSR payments, the out-of-pocket payments? He can do it starting next month. CSR. I think I said CRS. CSR payments. This week. Yes, he can. He, he, he can he's going to make that decision this week, and that's a decision that, he, that only he can make. But let's go back to what we're really talking about here. When he, when he said yesterday in the same tweet, I believe, about the bailouts for insurance companies, bailouts for members of Congress, he's talking about the CSR payments. He's also talking about this really sweet deal that the members of Congress and their staffers have where they are not beholden to the same health care that so many Americans say is unaffordable and unsustainable and untenable. And this is exactly 
exactly what so many Americans hate about Washington, D.C. They feel like they have their nose pressed up against the glass, peering into the special interests, the swamp, the the, the, the lobbyists, the, the folks on Capitol Hill. They want people to live under the same rules they do. Affordable health care for thee, or for me and not for thee. That's the Capitol Hill mantra. Now, granted, there are a lot of people out there in America that get subsidies too, but nowhere near paying for, what was it, 73, 74% of their health care costs are paid for by the taxpayers? How many of you folks get that? Not many of us. Uh, Pelosi was asked about all this. One of the things that you very much want, and you've just referred to it, I talked to Kellyanne Conway about it, is what are called cost-sharing reduction payments. These are payments to insurance companies that lower the out-of-pocket costs to things like deductibles uh, and, and co-pays. Socialism. It's what it is. It's socialism. It's when the government collects taxes from the country and then says, oh, you need to have insurance? Okay, let us purchase some of that for you so you can afford it. It's also a massive payoff to the insurance companies. Think about it this way. Before Obamacare, you paid, let's say you paid 500 bucks for your insurance. And then after Obamacare, the cost soars to a thousand bucks. But, ah, here comes the government. Government says, well, we don't want you to be in pain. So we're going to give you 500 bucks to put toward your now thousand dollar insurance premium. And as far as you're concerned, your cost didn't go up. But they did. Who won in this scenario? That's right. The traitorous insurance companies. Uh, who lost? You did because the insurance policy was crap. It wasn't tailored to your needs. It was tailored to what Obama said you needed and what Democrats said you needed. Bronze plan, silver plan, gold plan, platinum plan. And the traitorous insurance companies make out like bandits. Oh, and by the way, if you work and you pay taxes, you are paying some of that money anyway to the traitorous insurance companies. So you lose all around. The, the traitorous insurance companies win and big government wins. For lower income people who are on the exchanges. And Pres no let me and just no say, President Trump tweeted this yesterday. If a new health care bill is not approved quickly, bailouts for insurance companies, he's talking about the CSRs, and bailouts for members of Congress will end very soon. Here's my question, Leader Pelosi, to keep those CSR payments. What are you, as Democrats, willing to give to get a real compromise? No, wait, let's go. Let's back up on this. No, wait. The question was, what are you willing to com compromise? And she couldn't answer. You know why? Because Nancy Pelosi isn't willing to compromise a damn thing. Because Democrats don't compromise. Democrats have the press on their side. They don't have to compromise. By the way, Wallace takes two bites of this apple. But remember, here's the question. Let me let me recue it and let you listen to it again. Pelosi, to keep those CSR payments, what are you as Democrats willing to give to get a real compromise? No, let's go. Let's back up on this. The Affordable Care Act is a market-oriented proposal. That's that's an out and out lie. 
That is an out-and-out lie. And by the way, it's not a proposal, madam. It's a law. You remember you said we had to pass it to see what was in it? You guys need to look this up. As a matter of fact, you can go on the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page. There is a, believe it or not, a CNBC article that shows how many counties in America where there are no or one insurer. Meaning, there are no choices in what you have. That's not the free market, Nancy Pelosi. When you have zero choices, that's not the free market. I'd say roughly it's about 40, 45% of the country. Probably 40. 40% of the country, judging by the map and the counties, does not have a choice. Yeah, 35. Let's just, let's, let's be, well, no, wait a minute. If you're just going by size, heck, the entire state of Hawaii, nearly the entire state of Hawaii. No, not Hawaii. Alaska. All of Alaska. Thank you, Lisa Murkowski. Hawaii wasn't yellow. It was green. I couldn't tell. So you've got the entire state of Alaska that has no choice. No choices for consumers. That's not the free market, Nancy Pelosi. I don't know what textbook you studied, lady. That's not free market. It, uh, doing the, uh, the cost-sharing, re- the reductions, are a way to have it be in the free market, in the marketplace, as opposed to having everyone, uh, say, have many more people on Medicaid or something. So you, uh, there's governor's states have said, give me the money, I'll buy insurance for these people. So this is not bailing out insurance companies. This is about having stability in the private sector. You can tell whenever a Democrat says it's not about something, it's about that thing. This isn't about paying off traders, insurance companies. Yes, it is. For the Democrats, it is. Now, Nancy Pelosi is asked again, will you compromise? What will compromise you compromise means both sides give. Not- now, now, she, now, he, now Chris, it's, it's instructional that Chris Wallace has to instruct Nancy Pelosi on what compromise is, because apparently it's an alien concept to her. Compromise means both sides give, not one side gives and the other side takes. Mm-hmm. Republicans want to cut back on Obamacare's mandates, on Obamacare's taxes, mm-hmm. on some of Obamacare's regulations. What are you willing to give? What are you willing to agree to as part of that that would allow a true bipartisan compromise? Well, here's the thing. First of all, you will remember that the Affordable Care Act, as, as we passed it and as we call it, the Affordable Care Act is something that was very modeled after Romnicare. What is, by the way, where, where's the compromise? And citing a terrible law to justify Another terrible law is lunacy. Romney care, folks, you got to look this up because I don't have it at the ready, but you look up Romney care and what it's done to wait times in Massachusetts. I remember this one distinctly. To see an OBGYN, the average wait time is 66 days. Over two months to see an OBGYN. And this is what Nancy Pelosi cites as justification for imposing socialism on the country and that said you no free riders everyone has to have insurance so that if your neighbor is not buying insurance and you are you're paying more because he or she is not so this is about enlarging the pool making it healthier younger and having more benefits see nancy pelosi thinks this folks that health care is a right not a privilege when it's a right government has the right 
to do whatever it wants in her mind to make sure that everybody gets government health care. You see, they can justify all manner of oppressive lawmaking, oppressive rules and regulations. When you, when you imagine or fabricate the fact that health care is a right, there's nothing you can't justify doing in the acquisition of your power and control. Back in a minute, the Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. Conservative Talk Radio with Spice. The Chris Salcedo Show, only on The Blaze Radio Network. Show. Conservative Talk Radio with Spice. That healthcare is a right, not a privilege. And and the the more people who are involved in it, the lower the costs are for everyone. So you get how that works. That's Nancy Pelosi with Chris Wallace on Fox News Sunday. We Democrats believe, you know what, why she's also kind of a, a phony on this? Every Senate Democrat had the ability to go on the record. They put up uh, socialized medicine, single payer. On the, uh, on the floor of the Senate, and they all voted present. <laughs> but you guys understand what she's saying. We Democrats believe that health care is a right. So we are, in, once we, we give that nonsense to the American people, once enough Americans believe that nonsense, there is no right to health care, by the way. There's no right to any service in the United States. But they're trying to push it. Why? Because once you accept, oh, there's a right to health care, then we in government, says Nancy Pelosi, are empowered to do whatever it takes to administer it. And whatever it takes, say hello to Obamacare. Say hello to single payer. Say goodbye to your choice. Say goodbye to high quality. Say goodbye to timely addressing of your medical needs. Say goodbye. Those are the prices you pay for single-payer health care systems. They pay it in the UK. They pay it in Canada. Charlie Gard paid for it with his life. So if that's what you want, go ahead and believe this claptrap of Nancy Pelosi. Oh, uh, uh, health care is a, is a right. No, it's not. She just invented that out of whole cloth, invented it out of thin air. There is no right to health care. There is no right to any service. It's like saying you have a right to landscaping. You have a right to have your pool cleaned for free. You have a right to have your yard mowed. It's, it's insane. You have a right to get your car worked on for free. It's in, or, or your car worked on. It's insane. This idea of health care is a right. Well, if it were a right, then we, were, we, we, we all should have been born out of the womb having instantaneous medical knowledge, Nancy Pelosi, but that's not the way it works. People actually have to go to school. People actually have to study and spend a lot of money to become good doctors. And they deserve fair compensation for that. If it's a right, if everybody deserves it, 
that everybody should be able to administer it, right? But that's not the case. It's a service, just like any other service. Now, do people deserve access? I think in, in a country like America, yeah, you should have a, you have a right to access health care, but not at no expense to you. You know what's lost from the culture? Is this idea of paying for, for, for the health care you get. And if you can't afford to pay right away, then you get on a payment plan, you make sure you pay your debts. But here come the Democrats, folks. Oh, you don't have to pay at all. You know, we'll tax the rich and make them pay for you because we're great. And actually, it was the rich people who were paying for it who were great. But the, Repu- the Democrats always put them down, too. Remember, everybody, a society's worth isn't measured by how much power is seized by its government, but rather how much power is reserved for we, the people. See you tomorrow. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network.